What's going on, guys? Now, now, <laughs> now you know what it means to feel like to be Derek. All right. So today we're talking about leadership and followership. So uh, some comparisons between what the world looks at for leadership and how in the church as Christians we see leadership and authority. In a world that is constantly denouncing authority in general, we all want our freedom and the world, I, I believe Satan is just pressing us to want to live freely however we want to our own demise, to our own vices. Um, and the Bible gives us a total different direction. And so what's super important about leadership and followership, you first must be a follower before you can be a leader. And just because you're a leader doesn't mean you're not following someone. So we're going to dive into that a little bit and uh, pretty excited to be here. Welcome to the truth response. Boom. <laughs> you got to do it over. <laughs> okay, Dave. today I think Nick's going to pray. Uh, okay. Father, we praise you. We thank you for this incredible opportunity for us to gather, for us to come to this place and, and talk about the things of your kingdom. Uh, Lord, we're grateful for the privilege that you give us to do this. And uh, Lord, we definitely pray over the people who are listening to this because they need all the prayers they can get if they're listening to this. Uh, Lord, guide us in this time. Uh, let us posture our hearts in, in a, a posture of worship where we are here to receive your spirit and here to, to allow your spirit to pour out through us. Uh, Lord, guide us through our discussion and uh, let your glory be revealed through the words that we say. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In case you missed it, last week we talked about leadership in the church. We just talked about like qualifications, qualifications okay. what that looks like. To, um, to lead in ministry, like right. eldership and and pastoral and, and those things. And so today we're going to take that route down. How do we develop and then what does that look like to be a leader and then also to be a follower as well? Cool. All right. Church leader or just leader? Is there a difference? Um, well, there's difference. I think there would be differences in the approach. Okay. Um, Let's yeah. run down this rabbit trail yeah. there, Jimmy. Yeah, definitely. I feel like corporate world is much more cutthroat than... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not really cutthroat. It's just... Um, more well-defined? Well, yes, yeah. well-defined, I guess, is yeah. a better word for it because I, there are certain goals and things that I have that, that are laid out that I have to attain. I don't see that where you... Oh, boy, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. I don't Ooh. see where, you ha where there are, like, goals for Ooh. church leadership or... Am I sorely mistaken? Ooh. We need to have you in an elders meeting sometime. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can um, nap with Chuck in the corner. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, the answer to that would be no. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't there? I mean, if you're in a leadership, you've got to be leading a leadership role. You've got to be leading towards something. So there's a goal in everything. Mm -hmm. So what's the? Do goal? Do you ever achieve it? That might be one big difference because we we may never fully achieve the the big goal, right? The big vision of the church, but we are working towards something. So define the, the the vision. The vision here is change lives. Okay. Right. We we desire to see lives get changed. We know that only happens through Jesus, and then the way that we kind of see those things happening is by developing faith, which leads to building family, and then finally to strengthening our community. So there is kind of a process that this hap that happens through this too, but it all has to start with the faith piece. It all has to start with Jesus. It starts and ends with Jesus. So I've never been in like a, a, a big time management position okay. in any company. Worked a lot of retail, worked a lot of, uh, worked a lot of restaurant, <clears throat> worked a lot of security was throughout all of my whatever. Um, and one of the things that I always noticed was I could tell if leadership started out from the bottom mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. because 
you can tell that they've put in the work, they know how to follow orders, and they've gone up with that mindset, and that has made them an even greater leader. The leaders that that didn't, that, that have been hired outside of, you could tell by all of the stupid rules, right, or all of the stupid things that come down the chain that are like, no, like, that won't work here that doesn't work in real life you don't like, understand our culture you don't understand our culture you don't understand how this this applies to any of this stuff you are just saying this because you think that that's right but you've not actually been down here um and i'm speaking mostly from my experience in michael's like when i worked at michael's because that happened a lot in michael's so like um so with with that i feel like those who who learn to follow first like the example of of Jesus like those who can learn to be servants first or followers first um if they've got the the quality and skills or even even the the just the training once they get to that point of being in leadership they are going to be way better leaders than they than than those who didn't learn to follow first uh, yeah, there's some truth to that for sure. I mean, I've been in, I've been involved with with corporations that have had both uh, leadership that have come from the ground up, which is what I'm involved with now, and leadership that's been brought in from the outside. Like uh, I remember working for a guy that came from uh, Sikorsky, um, a guy that came from Pepsi. Um, they would come in as they call them ELTs, elite leader something or other. So they're they're the they're the guys that are in the ivory towers. Um, and it's, 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 it's a huge cultural difference. You can definitely feel it's almost like a feeling Mm -hmm. the emails are worded differently. The other thing you've got to remember is there's a lot of some of these stupid rules are probably not coming so much from leadership than they are coming from lawyers and HR. Mm. Okay, you got to remember there's there's legal things that have to be done, especially in a public traded company. I'm not necessarily talking about those things. Yeah, I, I know. understand I know. the difference between those. Two, okay, yeah. all right. So so just bear that in mind. But uh, yeah, um, yeah there, there there's a lot of truth in what you said. Um, so uh, I don't even know how to to basically react react to that. So people that are in charge, you have a leader and a boss. So. Something that I, I heard the other day, a leader is out in front of the team mm-hmm. and they're pushing forward, right? Mm-hmm. A boss is sitting in the back pointing and saying that way, driving go, go that yeah. way, and you're in driving. Yep. Huh. That simple little analogy, like mm-hmm. that, like it, it explains so much because in a corporate world, like, you can feel all, all it takes is one person in an entire company, right? All, all it takes is one person to ruin the morale of everyone. It's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the delivery might, the delivery, okay, yeah. Coast Guard, I was on a ship, 200, uh, 210 feet, right? Uh, 75 people, okay? And you go out for six weeks at a time. After about 15 days without seeing land, Things get real interesting mm. because everybody's tired of everybody, mm. and they're ready. I lived in a, a eighteen uh, bunk room dorm, right mm. in the belly of the ship, with two toilets, two showers, and four sinks with eighteen dudes. Mm. So it's just like, right, like everything comes out. It just is what it is. But you you start seeing the real leaders, mm-hmm. second in command on the ship. I went through three of them in the three years I was there. It went from being weird and, like, nobody was in unity. Then we got this, like, super awesome guy, and he, like, the whole ship, everybody was magically friends, and everybody got along, and it was just, like, super cool port calls and, like, morale events, and it was just great. And then we had, like, Hitler. Mm. And it just, like, the entire place, people started getting in trouble. Like, it just went downhill so fast. Started to invade one person right? okay. <laughs> so but think about it one person yeah. okay so in our church what does it look like like leadership like all of us like all it takes is one person mm-hmm. and you can make a massive impact mm-hmm. right and in our families 
like okay as husbands like we're going through men's group and we're looking at men's identity and like where we're what we're supposed to be doing as men in the church and we're supposed to be leaders if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing like everything else should be falling in place mm. like god tells us like we need to step up right mm. we we need to be pushing forward and and leading this mm-hmm. so i don't know i know that's kind of a ramble but like it, it's it's such a reminder to me like how like we need to follow jesus and then we need to lead others to him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the second that we miss that mark is when we're falling to the distractions of everything else in our life mm-hmm. which is really easy to do yeah, I, I, I like where you're going with that. Um, I know not all you guys are college football fans, but uh, there's this big buzz around one specific college football team right now, and it's not Alabama, and it's not Florida, it's not Florida State, but it's the Colorado Buffaloes because Deion Sanders, prime time, became their head coach. He was coaching at a what, D2 or D3 school or JUCO, something like that, um, led their team to some like unprecedented heights, and then was offered this job to coach at Colorado, who has now historically been no good. Um, and there was all of this hype coming in about how, um, you know, can he live up to to this? He's talking the talk. Like, can he do this? And one of the things I noticed, I watched I watched their first game, watched the last couple of games that they played, which they've only played two. But their first game, um, one of the things you see on – Every, on on a couple of the players jerseys is usually this big letter C right which means they're the captain or one of the captains of the team you see that in the NFL too they've got the C and then there's stars underneath of it um, but none of his players had that instead a couple of his players had an L on their jersey and it's because he doesn't have captains he has leaders mm-hmm. and he he took this philosophy as you know leadership is something that's earned and you could say being a captain is earned too, but usually it comes by way of, well, you're just the guy that's up next for the promotion. Like you've just outlived our, the, the other guy next to you. Instead, it, it, a leader is someone people want to follow. And so it, it changed, the, it shifted this whole philosophy in this program that has historically been a loser. They're now ranked in the top 20. Um, they took down the the one of the teams that was that played in the national championship game last year and lost, wow. but they took down TCU. They were ranked 14 or something like that, um, and, and they beat them pretty handily. Uh, this past week didn't go so hot the first half, but the second half they came out and they won, and now they're, they're ranked top 20, a team that won one game last year. Wow. And pretty much the whole team changed in the course of one year and if you're talking about any type of sports team that is almost unheard of to be able to 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 change the majority of your coaching staff the majority of your players and then come in and win at a high level in uh, you know in in a in in a in a a game in a competition like that so I, i i i've been pondering on that these last couple weeks that man he he's given these guys a very different a very different role and a very different title that you're here to lead this team. You're not just a captain. I'm not just giving you that title because uh, you've been here the longest or because you're the quarterback or because you're, you know, you're the guy that has just kind of historically produced, but no, no, all eyes are on you to, to take charge when things are, when things aren't looking so hot, like, you've got to rally the troops like you've got to go out and do the things that no one else wants to do in order to prove that hey we're i'm i'm in this with you we're not doing this nobody's doing this alone and uh and so i thought man really really great philosophy that has gone into that by the way didn't realize it um deon sanders north fort myers high school oh wow yeah hmm. wow that's pretty cool yeah so yeah. there's a little tidbit of local history i saw saw a picture of him uh, that he posted online about him playing basketball at North Fort Myers. Hmm. So hmm. there you go. So what we've kind of established is that leadership transcends title. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All day long. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. So then we've established that. Well, you, I mean, how do we train that? 
I mean, well, do you think do you think leadership is something that God gifts us with, like that talent or that gift, or is it something that is learned? Is yes, it part of both. Uh, yes. yes, yes, yeah. Okay, it's both. Yeah, you have to be able to, as a follower, if you're if if you're, first of all, you have to have the drive to do it. Right, you can't okay. take a guy who's um, a follower and say you're going to be a leader and put him in a leadership and a role and expect him to succeed. That's mm-hmm. a recipe for failure. Um, so you got to find that one person who stands out, who seems to take a a task and says, "Okay, I have this task. I've got you know, it's me and two other guys that are going to work this thing. Okay, you go do this, you go do this, and I'm going to take care of that." Mm-hmm. And when you find that guy, that's the guy you cultivate. Well, because that's that's simply because he's already a leader. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just he's just not in a a role right. or a position, okay. quote unquote. But he's already leading. But because he has the mindset to do it, right? right absolutely. But I'm right. saying like, but that's taking somebody who's already got it, right? Like, and that's that's great. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying like, that's you see that because that follower has already transi- transcended into this, he, they're leading, and now you're like, okay, that's the guy I want to pull up into a position, right. a titled position, Correct. Uh, put over people, because they're already showing signs of leadership. Correct. Right. So, yeah. So, there's, so then the other half of that is to cultivate that. So right. You, you send them to the training classes, mm-hmm. you bring them in, you let them, you know, you let them take your role if you're going out on on vacation or you're going to be absent. Um, and you let and what I what I the way I've always trained is um, I'm going to stand here behind you. You go do it. And when you start to fall down, I'll catch you. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. All right. That's then, good. Yeah. Um, and then you just let them roll with it because you can't teach style. Right. Um, you can't teach finesse. All you can do is say, here's the task, go do it, and when you start to, to hose it up, I'm, I'm there for you. I got yeah. you. And leaders aren't just of one personality type. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, when you when you lay out the different types of personality, a lot of times it's the charismatics that are a little bit more vocal about about how, how they lead and you see them out in the forefront. But, you know, it's the, the introverted um, you know, thoughtful person sometimes in the background that is just as impactful as yeah. the person that's that's out in front making a lot of noise. Um, and so that has to be some stuff that is taken into consideration with that too. Um, and, and so a couple of things that you said that, that made me think, so one is initiative. They're willing to take initiative to do things that aren't in their job description. Um, and that's not just because that's not just because it's they're willing to do things beyond their job description, not just to get the accolades, but because it's what's going to make others better. And, and so I think that's the other piece of that. So is one is initiative. Two is is I'm never going to say that's not in my job description. Right. There you go. So it's it's the humility of recognizing that that I'm here. I'm a part of a team. And then along with that, I would say the third part is making those around you better. My, I, my objective, my goal is to make the people around me better, not get myself to the next. Not, I'm not here to get a promotion. I'm here to make the people around me better. Right. And you I mean even, like the person that goes up and cleans up trash in our parking lot on Fridays? Yeah. Huh? Oh. <laughs> it's Nick. It's Nick. <laughs> it's Nick. It's Nick. But that even can be applied to a follower as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you sure. d- d- So even when you're talking about followers, followers have first of all have to have the 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 mindset that okay, this is the life I've entered into, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to do the best I can to make this easier, comfortable, and do a good job. Yeah. And then at that point. Um, that person has to be willing to be coached, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. uh, I've, <laughs> I, I, one guy keeps coming to mind every time I talk about, you know, this general topic. Uh, um, you have to be willing to be coached, and mm-hmm. if you're not, you just make 
yourself miserable and everybody around you miserable and the morale just in so, tanking. So that makes me think like we've talked about the the idea of a consumer in the past year. Like I feel like we've now branched to the third category in this topic. Like we got leaders, which we've talked about, and we've got followers who do have some initiative that they're taking, that they, they actually have a little bit of care in what they're doing. And then you have the consumer, because I'm thinking workplace, right? Like, because there's the other category, right? The people who are there to get their paycheck and go home. Like, they're not there to 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 make the company better. They're not there to to strive to just make life better for everybody. They're just consuming, doing their job, going home. Like... So there's and there's the sixty the the twenty sixty twenty rule, twenty percent of your your guys are going to be that top notch, go out get it every day, care about everything that goes on, not only themselves but everything around them. The sixty percent is the guy that punches the clock, comes in, does a good job, don't you know you don't have a lot of problems with him, he's not looking to advance, he's just looking to maintain and go home, and then you have the twenty percent which is the the low-hanging fruit, I, I hate that term, but it is, it's out there. Um, those are the guys that are going to be your the ones you have to kind of manage out. Mm-hmm. Right, so. and that 60, 60% is is probably our our followers, right? Like Correct. That's, that's not you guys out there listening, um, but the follower <laughs> category. Um, but that top, top 20% are going to be your leaders, right? right? But make no mistake, that 60%. Is the guys that I depend on day in and day out sure. to, to flat yeah. get sure. it? You know? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, I'm not. I'm not talking yeah. down. That's why yeah. I added a, that right. third. Wanted to talk about that third category because the we're we're talking about followers and and followers are important. I mean, we're we're followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, a follower is not just a blah thing, you know. Um, but so we've got that third category of like everybody else i don't i don't know i didn't want to just throw that as that i mean mm-hmm. they're the ones who just they just show up to consume and if they do a good job great but they, they they're not in it for anybody else but self you know whatever mm-hmm. um there's so how do we how do we cultivate leadership from from followers like the ones who are we're starting to notice a little bit of their their you know their leadership qualities starting to stand out how do we as a church start pouring into that and training them up into as as leaders like pulling those out and cultivating them like you were talking Mm -hmm. about in the church sphere like one of the best books that i've read about this is called how to lead when you're not in charge leveraging influence when you lack authority and it was basically talking about that servant leadership that jesus like shows and represents and how like being willing to be like, hey, what, like at the end of the week or even like even if it's going to disrupt what you're doing, like be like, OK, what can I do to help somebody else that's around me? Like somebody else who's in a leadership position be like, you know, what can I help you with this? What can I take off your plate this week? What can mm-hmm. I do um, that would give you more time to do? And sometimes it's like the task that nobody wants to do, like mm-hmm. but just doing it so that that person can ha- then have that time you know, to do something else or something that's probably far more important than that. So that's what, that's what the people who are, are getting it can Mm -hmm. do, Mm -hmm. right. To, to better themselves. Mm -hmm. But how do, what do we do if we're already leaders? Right. Mm -hmm. And I I see the guys and lady in this room as leaders in our church. Like Mm -hmm. how do we as leaders in the church, like, how do we cultivate that in our people? Delegate. Mm-hmm. You flat got to delegate some responsibilities. That's important. I I would soften that a little bit, and I would say create opportunities. Mm-hmm. Create opportunities for people to say yes and to step up and to, to do some things that maybe they wouldn't normally do or to provide that entry point for people mm-hmm. to say, oh, wow, I can satisfy that need, and I want to go do it. Because leading in the church is, is in, in a lot of ways very different than leading in the corporate, corporate space, right? Because it's so easy in the corporate sphere to get lost by a paycheck or a promotion or a title. And in the church, it's that world upside down. It's the servant leader is the one that's at the top, right? That, that's Jesus. That's what he's revealed to us. Right. And, so, and what he did 
was he created space for his for his followers to go out and to to do the very things that he was modeling so he was creating opportunities all the time you know when he first sent out the 72 he created an opportunity for them pretty early on to go out and to do some things that was probably really uncomfortable like hey don't take an extra change of clothes hey go and stay with somebody and stay in one place don't stay in multiple places like and if they reject you they're going to right just dust off your sandals and move to the next one right so hmm. he he created that opportunity and yet before he even created that opportunity he poured into them mm-hmm. and he brought them in he showed them and revealed to them what it means to be a leader uh, so opportunities and then along with that was I mean, I guess it all started with an opportunity when he said, hey, follow me, right? Mm. They could have said, I'm too busy doing these other things. No, no, hey, follow me. And what they do? Drop their fishing nets. Got up from the tax collector's table, right? Stopped pursuing um, political unrest, <laughs> right? And started to follow Jesus. Like, mm. that. that's just a smattering of some of the individuals that followed Jesus. But but they he created the space— he invited them in, and then he revealed to them what it means to be a follower. And that all culminated on the night of the, the Last Supper when he washed their feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, uh, Jesus even had an encounter with the rich man sure. who was told to sell everything and follow me. And the guy was just like, mm-hmm. too much for me. Yeah. So it, mm-hmm. it has to start with a—I'm I, still a firm believer that it has to start with a, with a want to. Yeah, I mean, it it really does. And sometimes I I would say a part of that is is just coming up, coming up to somebody and saying, hey, I I see something in you like I I feel like like there's there's a next gear for you and I want to help you get there Um, because we, we just operate in this space of where everything is just so self seeking and so it's all about self-promotion and so self-centered and some people are on the periphery and they don't feel their worth and their value and all it takes is somebody to come up alongside of them and to say hey let me let me help you along with that Mm -hmm. what you know you struggle with that let me help you Mm -hmm. right and and just model what that type of behavior looks like there's an awesome book um jim jim collins Mm -hmm. uh good to great yep and he breaks leaders up into five different categories, but basically a level one, two, three, four, and five, mm-hmm. and a level five leader. And so basically they went through and did you know huge analytics on all of these different companies mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, there's plenty of companies that are good based on stock market, and mm-hmm. he didn't evaluate private. It was only publicly traded. Yep. And basically looked at, what did it take for them to operate against complete odds, right? And through interviewing all of their their top leadership, there was always one person at the very top that was a level five leader mm-hmm. that met these certain characteristics. And if it was if it were to be summed up, it was humility, because they would they would say, "Man, how how did you do that? How did you do that?" And all of the good companies. It would be like a stereotypical CEO. Well, I did this. I did this. I came in and made these changes. I mean, well, that's great. That lasted a couple of years. And as soon as you got burnt out, like Mm -hmm. it all fell apart. These other ones had, you know, for 20 plus years, they were well above the market and they were they were not good. They were great. Mm -hmm. And those level five leaders they pointed at everybody but themselves. Mm-hmm. They said it was it was all these people. It wasn't me. It was everybody else. I didn't. I. This is just a title, mm-hmm. like. But everybody everybody else did it. And mm-hmm. in reality, they were con- constantly cultivating their. They they instead of worrying about what they could do in their time as leader to how much money they could make or whatever the situation in you know corporate world, they were interested in cultivating their replacement mm-hmm. and you know and training up the next person, which really you know goes along with uh, your sermon on legacy, mm-hmm. like okay in the church, like 
man, how many churches out there are dying churches mm-hmm. because they never pressed it on to the next generation? Yep. And how sad is it? I mean, we're neighbors with my understanding of a dying yep. church, yep. right? Yep. Like They're selling their property because nobody comes anymore. There so, you go. And they've tried to exhaust every other avenue. They've leased out their building. They've brought in other churches to lease out space, and it, they, they can't do it anymore. So in contrast— I mean, we have been blessed, but like we, instead of looking inside, we're looking out Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, how can we impact the community around us? How can we bring, bring more people in? We we don't care what you look like. We don't care what you dress like. We don't care if you have a bag, I might look at you a little funky at the front door, (laughs) but you know, like, (laughs) 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 but seriously though, like, it's like, come on, come in. Like we're like, we want. And I, and I really feel like, like that's what God calls us to do. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, okay, you have to fit this per- perfect puzzle piece to be able to fit into this church. Mm-hmm. Like, we want you to come as you are, yep. and we're, we're going to love you, and we're going to pour into you. Yep. And I don't know. It, it's just interesting how the, the contrast of uh, somehow some, how some— churches and Christians operate where it's, you know, it's like a solid reminder that we have to be focused outward first. Yep. Yep. Do you think that in, in a congregation or in a group of people, there are enough followers who are ready to be cultivated into leaders that that is the focus or do you think that we need to also focus on turning the everybody else category into also followers like showing them wise it's, 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 it's a and constant the, cycle yeah and i feel like there's a good distinction in that there's like there are, i feel like there is enough people that are ready they're just not willing mm. like that is a very big distinction there are people that are ready to do that and can do that but they're not willing to do that Mm. because of usually selfishness i think one thing this church does that's an uh, does an outstanding job at is um giving everybody the opportunity to get acclimated to it even before they step into a leadership role you know this church runs eldership classes Mm -hmm. for a, a year prior to even know even really being considered um on as as eldership and I, that's a question i guess i i've wanted to ask mm-hmm. um because we're right in the middle of eldership nomination season mm-hmm. right um if can somebody within this church i'm talking about just rice rice church um if somebody was nominated without taking that class would they be considered for eldership it it de- no because okay so the way it works is you nominate somebody and then that person, if if confirmed, or no, if you nominate, yeah, nomination, and they accept it, then they go through the class. Okay, which I think so, is so. And then from that group, we know how many holes there are. The elders then put up a certain grouping of people to be then confirmed. The only exception is those who have already served and are maintaining their their like good standing so like for instance uh uh, todd is stepping down i don't want to call anybody out who might be nominated this year um but todd is stepping down after this year to take a break Mm -hmm. when he comes back um and is nominated or it's probably being being nominated probably from from the eldership even um he would then be on the confirmation ballot of sorts that year and then would then start in january because the the already established um whatever the established like what what we know about him he understands he understands the role basically is what it is he understands the role he understands the the vision and the culture of the church and so there would be some potential exceptions to that um, I, and we haven't even fully vetted this thing out. Like it's, it's a thing. Is it perfect? No, but it, it is something better than, than what was, 
what was in existence before. Um, and we've not we've also not run into the position where we've had more elder and training candidates um, come to the place where we have fewer we have more candidates than we do spaces available. Right. Our bylaws tell us we can only have six elders, which I wouldn't want to have more than that anyway, uh, because then you can have too many cooks in the kitchen mm-hmm. at some point. If we had 13 guys, you know, you'd never get anything. We'd done. never get anything done. Right. And even sometimes with six, it's hard to get some things done. Um, but we haven't encountered that yet. And I've got a feeling that this this next year going into going at coming out of 23 into 24 at the end of 24 we might have that where we have more guys than we do spaces and we'll have to understand what that what that means and what that looks like maybe maybe because right. uh, so far what we've what we've seen is that that god moves has been moving i mean cuz i feel like the guys at least here who are in the roles now and the guys that are coming into the roles and have been for the last couple of years um, have been trying to follow God's lead. And I, I feel like that God has had people step down and had people step out of the class um, to where there's a balanced out. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just has, it, God has just made the right people there still and the right people to take a break. And it it's been kind of crazy. So maybe, mm-hmm. I mean... So going back to your question and and the point of of what I was trying to bring up was mm-hmm. that's that's outstanding, mm-hmm. you know, because how many times have you know we've seen people get into leadership roles mm-hmm. that have no idea what they're getting into, right. and all of a sudden they're they're treading water. Right. Um, yeah. That I think we have the right idea. You yeah. and you're right. It's it's probably not perfect. Yeah. But you know what? I I can think of nothing that is yeah you know yeah and every year we try to improve upon what we did the year before sometimes we take about a half a step back from what we did the year before but other times it's a step or two forward and i'm 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 hopeful that this next year going into 2024 Mm. is going to be a big step forward in terms of some of the intentionality behind training up and filling in some of the gaps and also there were some things that we we invited our elder the elders in training to that they didn't just it was more just a waste of time i i don't know it just didn't it didn't bring out much fruit so uh you know we're continuing to refine that process in order to ensure that that our guys are all in in the right place they they are well prepared and i i would say in that um like derek said you know we've we've had had just every year we've done this we've had more guys that have come in than we've had finish the 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 race so which has been good i mean and it's a lot of times it's not even oh you're not fit for this it's a i know this isn't where i'm at like i I know this is my call right now and so okay cool that's that's great i'm i know i don't have and that's exactly what that process should do right that's what it does yep yep yeah so one one other thing I think is a mark of a a great leader, and I don't know what he said, but um, I think that it's remembering the basics and and coming back to the basics, regardless of what it is. Sports, mm-hmm. you know, you see uh, great coaches come in to a failing team, and they're like, "Okay, we're going to start over with the basics," and then they build from there up. I mean, John wouldn't. <clears throat> Is that the guy jo- that I'm, I'm jo- thinking? I don't of? know, John. John Wooden. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know UCLA basketball coach, yeah, one the of guy. the greatest coaches in the history of sports. Period. Um, practice number one was here's yep. how you tie your shoes. Yep. <laughs> for real. That was it. No, for real. Here's how you put your socks on, and here's how you tie your shoes to ensure you don't get a blister. Because if you get a blister, that's going to affect the whole team. And if yeah. the whole team is negatively affected, it's going to challenge morale and culture. Mm-hmm. So practice number one, every and you think about the greats that went through there. You know, I can't even think. I can't think of them. Bill Walton, I know he comes to mind. But practice number one, you're gonna. Here's how you tie your shoes. Um, and Bill Walton almost got kicked off of the UCLA team because he said he he John Wooden laid out the guardrails for this is what it means to be on this team. And if you don't want to 
operate within those guardrails, then you don't have to be on the team, even though he's one of the best players. One of the things John Wooden said was you had to have your hair cut short. And Bill Walton came in big, you know, big flowing luscious locks, and he's like, you know the rules. And he was willing to cut him from the team. Mm-hmm. And it only took that much for Bill Walton to say, okay, I'll go cut my hair. Right? right. <laughs> but think about it. If you make an exception for one person, yep. it completely degrades every every other oh, guardrail that's in yeah. place. Yep. Right? I mean, God does that with us. It's just like parenting. <laughs> it yeah, all day long. It, yeah. 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 Like, It'll corrode all the other foundations. There are guardrails for a reason. Yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, we're supposed to take the the path that's less followed, right? right. But, like, that doesn't mean there isn't guardrails on that path. Right. Like, God lays it out. I mean, it's, you know. Well, that path goes to the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, yeah. for, for followers. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a whole point, right? Mm-hmm. Is that that there's guardrails on really steep mountains for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and honestly, if you look at the Old Testament, all of the rules and laws were them trying to guardrail themselves, mm-hmm. and then they took it too far. Mm-hmm. So, so too much of a good thing can be not a good thing too um which is why i I think the basics are very important right it's that boundaries the the initial boundaries Mm -hmm. that are are super important to maintain because it allows you if if you're in a big leadership role and ceo of a company and you know you're sending down things that that don't make a whole lot of sense to the people down below when you go back to the basics sometimes that allows you to open up and be like okay this isn't going to work here so we can tweak it to do this mm-hmm. you know and i think that's that's the same in in church leadership i think that anybody in in ministry in in any christian who is is going to be a leader mm-hmm. um they they got to maintain at least the basics yeah. you know yeah and the ability to change and adapt mm-hmm. like that's hard yes it is hard but it's it's the mark of a Good leader, like you have a great to be leader. Able yeah. To pivot. Yep. Yeah. The second that you lose your ability to pivot, is the second that, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and everybody the, the the size ship that everybody is driving is different. You got mm-hmm. a little dinghy, you can pivot real quick. You're driving a big ship, you're not pivoting fast, right? So you mm-hmm. better be headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you, know, you better know your key people to get them to exactly. <laughs> get the people underneath them to. There's <laughs> there's the analogy of the the bus, right? Yeah. I love the analogy of the bus. <laughs> is my favorite. Or but the lawnmower. Like, yeah, the lawnmower, whatever. Yeah, but the bus is awesome. Like, okay, like uh, you look at a school bus, right? If if nobody is driving the bus, is the bus going to go anywhere? <laughs> nope. Uh, a, a bus, you like? Okay, when you're looking at leadership, like. You better make sure you have the right people on the bus, mm-hmm. okay? And then, okay, you look at eldership or leadership in the church. Okay, so you got to have the right people there. And then they better be in the right seat. If they're in the wrong seat, like, it ain't going to work, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's got to be somebody driving the bus. Mm-hmm. So, Nick, you're driving. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, and then, but, like. Jesus, take you, the wheel. You got all. <laughs> right? I'm in the back doing spit <laughs> But, like, you've got everybody behind you saying, no, 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 go that way. No, 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 go that way. So at some point, if if there's no, if there's not uh, continuity with, uh, con- continuity, congruency mm-hmm. with where, which direction the bus is going. Bus ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. You're just going to hit your yield legs. So you're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, I feel like so often in life we can look at like when you run into a situation where there is everybody is like a, like okay a company that's just a well-oiled machine and it just functions right like you can tell like every, everybody like for the most part there's some positivity everybody knows their role mm-hmm. everybody knows their responsibilities Everybody supports one another. If somebody is is lacking a little bit, somebody else is able to take up that slack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you compare that to church leadership, and it, it's no different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. if somebody has to go uh, have surgery that's not prepared, like somebody else takes up the slack, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not even a question of like if you're going to. It's just a yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that. That's what you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a defined role of like, okay, you're just going to pick up this piece of paper and then you're going to put it there. Or you're just going to preach on Sunday and then 
uh, preach again next Sunday, and you can take the whole week to figure out your <laughs> like it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like you get pulled in a hundred different directions. So. Yeah. And and within the church, and like I said, I I haven't I don't know I haven't been in leadership anywhere else really, um, but within within the church, like being a leader in the church doesn't always mean. I mean, a lot of times it doesn't. It means that you you don't necessarily have a title. You may not be a leader over a ministry, but you're leading by example. I mean, look at Timothy, right? Like he said, they may look down on you because you're young, but like you are to set the example for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and and that, I mean, talk about leadership, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I feel like the the biggest like downfall of leadership then leadership is complacency. Mm. Yep. Like in that rut and that same thing over and over again and not the willingness to not be like, okay, like what can we do to make this better? What can we do to help you? How can I make your job easier? What like is there something that we're doing that's like it's absolutely ridiculous and nobody should be doing it. We uh we you mentioned pivoting. And uh I think a a great leader I mean, it inevitably rubs off on everybody he's leading, right? It starts rubbing off on the other leadership around him, and they start picking up some of those qualities. And I think that has led to our church going where it has. I mean, Nick came on board. I was totally not sure about this dude who (laughs) we in like five months decided he was going to lead our church, you know? (laughs) Like that was – I mean, I come from a Baptist church. I mean, that could be – you know, decades before you find a the the next great whatever you know, but so like he comes on and I watched like him come with like these huge like ex- this excitement about this thing and the elders say nope and he's like okay well what about this and like with the same excitement and then now I'm seeing like that's starting to rub off on on our other elders that they're the no answer doesn't mean no go away you know it doesn't mean no you're never gonna it means okay it doesn't mean hurt reassess what what okay if if no then what's the yes you know like there's there's an eagerness to find the right direction even though the direction they thought was right it was wrong you know instead of the whole like no well i think that it should be this way anyways or well, then I'm not participating, you know, and not not that our guys did that before, but like you can see it, I feel like more, more and more often than yeah. the, no, has the, become the a bad thought word. process, <laughs> the thought process is, OK, this wasn't right. Where do we go now? You know, instead of it being a being a setback. Sometimes like I love a quote, uh, Theodore Roosevelt has some incredible like work quotes and everything else. But one of them talks about opportunity. When you have an opportunity, take it, say yes, and then figure out what you need to do to make it happen. Like sometimes like the answer has to be yes. You might not have all the answers. And I think like through faith, we're able to, to say, God, you open this door. I don't know how this is going to all roll out or how it's going to happen, but I feel like, yes. Okay. Like, but you better be there with me, God, because I don't got all this. Like, I don't have it all figured out. You better be there. But as a church, like, okay, look, you got a building expansion, right? Like, I mean, that's massive. There's not a single one of us that's going to cut a check for Lord knows how much to make it all happen, right? Like, but we have to say yes. We're like, okay, like, how, how does this work? Like, okay, God, you're moving. Like, there's... The people keep coming like we're growing. OK, how are we going to reach more people? Mm-hmm. And it's not like, a, uh, OK, how can we build a bigger building so that we've got a bigger one than the one next door? Like mm-hmm. it's a, OK, how can we build a bigger one so we can reach more people and have more impact on the community? What's been cool with that process, too, has been like we started out with this what we thought was fairly clear vision <laughs> and uh, we ran towards it because we felt like God was calling us to it. And then God goes, okay, I want you to pursue this. I'm going to put this in your in your path. I want you to pursue this. So we started pursuing the idea of the school or whatnot. And then God, God 
allowed us to go on this journey that was what two years or whatever in the process and it ended up being so that he could say no that's not what i want for you mm -hmm. but i wanted you to wait mm -hmm. because there's this opportunity that just arose and it's the right thing and but you couldn't get there if you had just pursued your initial plan so i had to take you on a journey in the wilderness a little bit to to get you to the point where where you needed to be this uh, this afternoon, I went to a, a lunch with a couple other church leaders that was put on by another church leader, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. That's a whole lot of church leaders. A whole lot of them. Um, and uh, there was a pastor there. He just retired two weeks ago. Thirty five years in ministry in the same church, which is almost unheard of. Yeah. Um, and so the 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 group that kind of facilitated the lunch you know, asked him to just share a little bit about leading effectively and doing well and um he printed out i've just posted on my board his top 10 of mm. what it means to be a leader one of the most important things that he said was was um you can't to be effective in the kingdom of god you can't be self-sufficient he said mm. you you've got that is a sin yeah is when you're operating simply and solely in your own strength mm. you are not operating in the will or in the strength of god and that was one of those things that hit me because I've been in that rut where it's like, oh, I, I can I can kind of muscle my way through this thing um, or I know I need I need this amount of time to prepare, prepare or plan or do this specific task or thing, preparing for a message on Sunday. Uh, and then, you know, and I'm saying no to well, I should go do that ho hospital visit that I didn't do or I should go visit that person that you know, is asking for a pastor to come and visit them. Like, and there are times to delegate those things, but, <clears throat> but I was like, man, that was one that hit me right between the eyes. Like, are we, am I walking and operating in a place where it's just in my own strength or am I operating in a place where it requires God? And I, I know he's been in my past. Like he's revealed himself in really awesome ways that, and we've taken some big steps, you know, Casey and I, and, and brought the girls along where we've had to rely entirely on the Lord and he's never let us down. And, and I think that's one of the things that has happened in this church for the, in the last three years is we've become, we've become less self-sufficient and we've, we're relying more on God mm. in making big, you know, culture altering life changing decisions um, that are going to have big impacts. And some people are going to not like, and, probably will leave because of it and and i think outside of the prayer and obedience that being a church that is that is re relying i don't say i'm not going to say entirely on the lord because there's more we can give up to him but that is reliant upon the lord to 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 show up all the time i think that's why we've grown i mean that's it like this is just a taste of what God can do and wants to do if we're willing to be even more bold, even more courageous, even more willing to get out of our comfort zone and to get into that that place where, all right, Lord, it's all about you. Like everything we're going to do is up to you and we're going to do it up to your standards or at least as close as we can get up to your standards and not settle for for second best, not settle for second place in this race like like we are going to win the gold in all of this. And the only way we're going to do that is is because you're our anchor guy. Like you're the guy that's going to going to help us catch up when when we've fallen a little bit mm -hmm. behind. So that was a really big takeaway for me um that that I I just I'm going to ponder. I'm going to I'm going to marinate on that for a long time. And I think is important for everybody to hear. <laughs> are you only operating in your own strength? Because if you are, you, you're going to find that place of complacency. Um, you're going to run into that place where you, you just wonder what purpose is. Uh, you, you're just spinning your wheels. Like, am I doing any good? Is this even worth it? Like, am I even, like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Um, that happens when you are, are entirely self-sufficient, when you become God-sufficient. That's the thing where it's like, oh, man, I know I can't do this on my own, but this is going to be really awesome when God shows up and does his part. So that's the that's the place we got to operate where we have that that tension that is 
you know, it's that all, like ready to exp- like a spring being compressed. And man, it can it's going to explode at any moment, but we got to keep compressing that spring, keep pushing, keep 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 going against the forces of our culture and our world and our society and even our tradition and and just wait for God to just just expand that thing in a profound way. Um, so that to me, I think, is a key leadership principle that as a Christian, we need we need to operate inside the church and then inside our whatever it is we work in, wherever it is we work, um, whatever it is we do, whatever we're called to do, uh, take that same mindset into into the workplace too, in the marketplace too, and watch as God shows up and reveals that your business is not a mistake and it's a ministry just as much as what happens in these four walls. Stewardship though, like you're like, okay, that's having the faith to rely mm-hmm. that God's going to show up. Yep. But on the backside of it, like it's not a disaster behind the scenes. Yep. Like you have, like the church has faith all the way through. Yep. And you, the leadership is, you guys are good stewards of of what you're given, and what what God has blessed us with. And if we're good stewards with that, then you know, it, not that He's just going to. Make yeah. it rain, but like you know, like it's well, like there, there's opportunity for more. We're not going to bury our talent, right? I mean, you know that parable where you've got the the three men that are entrusted. You know, one is entrusted five talents, the others entrusted what three talents or two talents. The other one's given one, uh, so it must be it must be five, three, and one. Um, the guy with five talents goes out. When the king comes back, he earns five more. Guy with three talents goes out, he earns three more. Guy with one talent, he goes and he buries his talent because he knows that the king is harsh and that if he loses it all, then there's going to be judgment on him. And the king comes back and he's like, oh, well done. Like you finished, you, you take took your five and you, you doubled it. You took your three and you doubled it. And then the guy with one just says, well, I, I know you're harsh. And I know that if I if I squandered this in some way that, you know, there would be punishment on me. And the king was like, you could have you could even just took it to the bank and invested it and got a little bit of interest on it. And instead you went and you buried it like you didn't utilize any of it to any of the the capacity that it has. And so, you know, I'm like outer darkness, like outer courts for you, like you are banished from this place, probably executed at that point. And then he takes the, the, the one and gives it to the guy with 10. Um, and so, you know, in that principle is, yeah, there's, there's something to be steward, some, some, something to be said about stewardship in all of that. But it's recognizing, too, this isn't even yours in the first place. It yeah. all belongs to the Lord. Yeah, without risk, there's zero reward. But mm-hmm. with risk, it, in a positive way, um, there's always reward. Mm-hmm. Even if that's knowing that that's not the right way to do it. There's always something gained yep. from risking. And something that just in wrapping up, because, you know, we like to go an hour long. Um, we probably could go another hour on this yeah, topic. Right. But um, but in wrapping up, like, it, know that the, the first step is probably just relying on God more, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's going to be your first step, whether that's you're a leader in the church and you're wanting to develop other leaders, like you need to rely on God more and then show other people how to rely on God more. And, and also if you're just new to this whole thing, rely on God more, you know, you don't have to rely on him for everything all at once, just suddenly out of nowhere. I mean, you, you don't like my doctor said when, when I, we determined that I was fat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like she was like, okay, like little goals, right? Like little bit at a time, little bit at a time, because you didn't, you didn't gain all the weight overnight. Right. So like you you can't, you can't necessarily do it all overnight. You, You have to give up a little bit so that there's room to give a little bit more next time. And you start gaining that momentum. There's always more to give. Like Nick said, but you got you got to start with something little, right? So take a risk, rely on God, and I promise there will be a reward.
God bless. Drive safely. Don't do drugs. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.